It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood, and we are under 24 hours away from Orioles opening day. It's myself, Taylor Smythe, Jake Luke, and RDT. And guys, we're going to do a full Orioles preview. Before I get to that, by the way, people now listen, watch the show maybe or listen to it. We have this like nice little intro now with the with the with the song and everything. I full disclosure that plays for us before we start recording. I just dance to it now. Uh, you guys can't. <laughs> I was bobbing I just, my head. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets me very fired up to start just randomly talking about whatever. I'm just like kind of jamming out. So um, I was I was playing it in my today and I was like, "What is this song from?" I was like, I was like again bobbing my head and I was like. Oh, that's the podcast intro. Like, yeah, shout out Jake for, for putting that in for us. Yeah, uh, Work by Gangstar, uh, famously featured in one of the Entourage episodes. I think it closes uh, one of them out. Um, so, yeah, a great Yeah, song. it does. Which one is that? That's, that's where I knew it from, and I was, oh, man, that's a – It's like when Vinny's getting uh, when the bad review, I think, and then he gets a good review. Vinny doesn't want to do the movie. Yeah, the, the one where Vince wants movie. to do the movie or doesn't want to do the movie, and then they uh, E convinces him, and Ari like, freaks out at Lloyd. It's that episode. Okay. And then yeah. and then like Vince ends up being like I'm done and he leaves and then Ari's like you got to go get out of him. And then Marty Scorsese shows up at the end and just offers him the part for like little reason <laughs> and they everything works out great. I'd like you to play Nick Carraway and Scorsese's Gatsby. Yeah, I could do that. Is that the uh, um what's it, what does he say? Is that something that would be of interest to you? Is that that Yeah, one? I'd like I'd guy? like you to be in my latest picture. Can you come No, that's that Bob one? Ryan. That's Bob Ryan. Is that something um, you might be interested in? Is that something you might be interested yeah, in? And then later, I love the callback later where he has the book. Is that something you might be interested in? Yeah. Is that in the movie or in that? In, is that later in the show? I think it's in the it show. In I the don't movie. know. I don't know if um, Martin Landau was alive for the movie. I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably oh, was. There's, there's, there's your dead or alive. There's your dead or alive. Martin Landau. Yeah. Um, there we go. Thursday, March 30th is Oro's opening day. To, you know, the, today, as you're probably listening to this, tomorrow as we record, Orioles play the Red Sox 210 um to to open that on opening day and then we'll start at Oriole Park next week. Uh we are going to j- go down RDT you uh you got into the Twitterverse over the last couple of days and you threw out um some questions for people to tweet back at you some some you know record MVP best pitcher biggest surprise. We're going to kind of run down ours um for that. I'm going to go I'm not going to start with record. Um so I'm going to figure out one of these to go through and we'll go through these and then RDT you also um, ask people to send in some questions, so then we'll go through and answer those. So full Orioles preview, no, uh, none of the normal segments, no starting five, no Nick Kidder medley, um, and all that stuff. We're just going to talk Orioles all the way through here um, as we roll into opening day. So let's go here. I'm going to start with bah, 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 bah. I'm going to start with comeback player of the year. RD two, who is going to be your comeback player of the year for the Orioles, and then. If we agree with you, we can just say we agree. If we have a different one, we'll, we'll go after you. You talk. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. This is it's funny because I tweeted this out. Everyone, give me your answers. I didn't fill one out. <laughs> I know we talked about it. <laughs> Great it. start. I didn't fill one out. I kind of just threw it out there. Um, it seems wow. the overwhelming, <laughs> the overwhelming answer is John Means. Um, and I think that's a good answer. I I personally. I would like to see a bounce, not a bounce, I guess, a comeback year from from Cedric Mullins. We saw that he had his struggles versus lefties last year. He was still really good last year. Um, he wasn't the 30-30 Mullins that we saw the year before, but he was still good. Um, but I'd like to see his bat come back to 
again, the 2021 Mullins, when again, he did hit 30 home runs um, and he was hitting lefties a little, a little bit better. So again, I don't know if that's a true comeback player of the year, um, but I would like to see, we'll, we'll just say Cedric Mullins bat versus lefties. I hope we see that as comeback player of the year. Thank you, Jeff. I put down uh, my guy, Mountie, Ryan Mountcastle. Um, you know, he had decent enough numbers this year. He was like pretty average by most metrics, I guess. I'm not a huge like saber metrics guy, but I think he had 22 homers. I'm looking at his stats right now. Hit for 250. I'm, you know, I'm thinking he gets, gets a little bit more acclimatized to the wall. Maybe a little push power. Maybe he gets closer to that 30 home run number. And uh, hopefully he just moves runners a little bit more. It just felt like there were so many... So many at bats with him where it was just swinging for the fences and just literally swinging out of his shoes in that like Cincinnati series. Um, one of my funnier, uh, funnier memories from the game from uh, that last year when he just completely swung his way around and just ass in the dirt. So I'm gonna go with Ryan Mountcastle. Um, getting back to uh, getting back to hopefully close to all star form. I also had Mountcastle uh, written down. Um, I and like you said, it's not as if he had a bad year. But he had a worse year than the year before. Um, he went from 33 homers to 20 in about the same amount of games played and about, about the same amount of at-bats, played appearances, all those different things. Pretty much all of his numbers went slightly down. And now entering his age 26 season, you would think he these it will kind of precipitously go up as he goes through his next three or four years. Um, but I think Means is probably the most crucial answer because if he can come back towards any of his previous form, that answers a big question for them in the starting rotation um, that, you know, it just gives them more depth there. And if he's a top of the line guy, it answers, you know, who is going to be there a couple of top of the line guys. But I thought Mountcastle was an interesting candidate. I'm um, love that you went with it too, Jake. I think that like he, you know, another question on here is home run leader. And I well, I think this is the natural transition. I also have him as the Orioles home run leader because I think he has the ability to hit 35 to 40 bombs if he does the, you know, if he comes back to the the place that, you know, I think his, his potential can get him to. Um, there's some other good candidates for that, but I have him down for that. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I second that. Uh, like you said, he got very unlucky. I know Jake, you talked about the 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 saber tricks and analytics and all that. He was like one of the most unlucky players in baseball last year. He was hitting the ball hard and just add people. We've seen that a ton. I feel like Trey did that, I think, last year or two years ago, just smoking the ball right at people. He had he had a lot of bad luck with the vault. Again, it seems like everybody did. But um I, I really think, and again, spring stats don't mean anything really to me, but watching him in the spring, I think he hit like four. At one point, you know, towards the end of the spring, I think he was hitting like 430, which again is like, it doesn't mean anything. But to me, to me, that means like, all right, he's seen the ball well, he's hitting well, you know, he's, he feels up there, he's comfortable, um, which, which again, to me is like, all right, that those are great signs. Obviously, you'd rather him be hot going into the season than, than one for 35 or something. But yeah, I, I think he's, he could easily hit 33 to 35 home runs. It couldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up around 40. That would be great. Um, Again, I mean, he just has so much raw power, and like, like you said, Taylor, like he's growing and maturing as a player. Um, Jake, you talked about it too. I hope he's not really. We've seen his chase, him chase a lot. I hope that this is a year where we can kind of see him cut back on those, and again, learn you know two strike approach, moving guys up. You know, again, just just kind of productive outs if if he is you know getting those outs. But again, thirty uh, thirty three to thirty five runs. I think um, you know again, there's a couple guys who I think could be sprinkled in right around there, but. I think Mountcastle is is ends up as the the leader. Yeah, I had him down for that too, just kind of in keeping with the 
comeback player of the year thing. And yeah, like less all or nothing play, I think is going to help him a little bit. It's going to help with his plate vision. It's going to help with his decision making. And that'll lead to more home runs naturally, I think. And yeah, like I think he is going to get used to the wall a little bit. And uh, we've already, I think I kind of joked about like him kind of, you know, flipping the middle, the middle finger at it when he, you know, went yard to the left uh, down at, I guess, I think it was Ed Smith during spring training. So yeah, that would be really fun to see. I considered I considered a gunner for gunner for home run leader just to kind of get a little wild, but um, I don't know. You don't, you don't really know with like the hide lineup stuff and, you know, playing time for gunner. I'm not totally sure what it's going to look like. So I went with, uh, went with Mount castle. Um, let's move to, we'll, we'll do these in tandem. We have breakout player and biggest regression. We'll start with breakout player, Jake. I went with Kyle Bradish just kind of settle in a little bit. Like I'm not expecting anything super crazy, but I think he, I I think he was like maybe four and seven. Was it last year in games? And I don't know, his ERA was well up into the fours. Like I'm expecting closer down into the lower fours, maybe ideally get into that three level and maybe get around 500 for a record and just kind of settle in and become a quality member of this rotation. Um, And that's really, I feel like something that's missing here. Um, When you have like the one ace or like the two really solid options, you really would hope that a guy like that with the uh, the young talent would be able to solidify himself as uh, just maybe that fifth option or that uh, that sixth guy in the rotation coming in and uh, being that spot starter when you need him. So Bradish uh, was the guy that I was definitely looking at for breakout player. RDT? I like that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take an obvious one. I think Gunner. I think Gunner really kind of forces himself onto like the national media spotlight. Um, again, I think he's going to get a lot of eyes on him just being like, you know, again, obviously we know and, you know, the diehard baseball fans know who Gunnar Henderson is, but I think a lot of the casual kind of fans are going to be like, man, this, that lefty shortstop baseman in Baltimore with the long blonde hair, like that guy is, he can hit, he's going to be fun. You know what I mean? We've seen some of the power that he, that he can hit with. Um, we've seen some of the flashy plays he makes, you know, he had the one play in sh- uh, shortstop in Cleveland in his first series last year. Um, Again, I mean, he's the odds on favorite for rookie of the year. I've, I've taken him in a couple different bets to win rookie of the year and parlayed them with some others. And and again, I, I think he really kind of makes a name for himself. Um, I think we're going to see some absolute tape measure bombs. Like, I'm not saying warehouse, but the warehouse wouldn't shock me. Like, he hit one last year that it was barely foul, and we thought hit it. And like, we were going nuts watching it. I remember. And so again, I, I think he's really going to have a good year, uh, win rookie of the year. And again, I think he's going to kind of solidify himself as like this kid is again there's no class of like the Ayod Jeter Nomar kind of shirtless picture like that was going around in the 90s but I think he could find himself in that like oh man this guy this guy's a stud for the next 10 to 12 years yeah he he definitely feels like the obvious pick I mean he he you know in terms of and I think that's defining I think he wouldn't be a breakout candidate for an Orioles fan because at this point you've seen what he can do, but it could be a breakout of the national says I do like the Bradish pick. Uh, mine was Kyle Stowers because I just think he's going to have the opportunity to get at bats. Um, and if he slots into like a DH role pretty consistently, I think he could have a pretty solid year. So I'll throw him out there. And especially if he is like in this lineup where if you have Cedric and, and you know, kind of getting back to that, as you said, a little more top form, Mountcastle does what he does. Gunner does what he does. Like you're going to have to pitch, you know, you're going to have to pitch to somebody as they say, and maybe he's the guy that kind of um, feasts on that to a certain extent. Some so long, I went with some him. long blonde hair supremacy there in that breakout player category. I like that. 
Yes, yes, yeah, yes. They, they, they've got good hair. There's a lot of good hair everywhere. Um, Bradish and Stowers were probably the top two like that I saw people saying. So, yeah, people are very high on both. Of those. Yeah, and he was and Stowers settled in in the limited at bats he got as a guy that looked like he was competent at this level. It wasn't as if I'm picking him as a guy that came to the bigs and hit 150. You know, he hit around 250, like did some things and felt like he was getting more comfortable as the as his at bats grew. Um, and when he got them. So with some consistency, you hope that he can do some things. Um, so that's why I went with him. But I, I like all three of those. Uh, biggest regression, RDT? I I went on the Varsity Baseball video we did. I said I said I thought Santander was going to have the biggest regression out of anyone in the AL East. I didn't want to pick Judge because I knew the other guys were. Um, but I think Tony does regress a little bit, and they, they could – like you just talked about, like there's a lot of outfielders, and and I think they're going to try and spread out these at bats. So I don't I don't know if he can match the 33 home runs, the 90, 89 RBIs um, that he hit, that he, you know got to last year. But I, I think he will take a step back, um, and it could be like you know maybe they trade him. I don't know if that, that doesn't count as regression. But again, I, I I think I just think that we we see a little more again guys coming up and taking at bats not not that like he deserves at bats taken away from him because he was awesome last year i just think it's a natural regression with him um again I, you know i mean 30 home runs and 80 rb would technically be a regression but i i don't know he just seems like a guy who maybe will kind of cool off you know if they have him at first base a little bit and he's maybe a little his confidence isn't there maybe that maybe that lends into his, some of his at bats too but uh, i'll 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 go I think Tony takes just a little bit of a step back. Not too much, but a little bit. Jake? Yeah, I had Jorge Mateo. Um, it just kind of felt like he was really f- getting over his skis a little bit as far as his uh, you know talent and skill level. And like he scrapped for it and did a really nice job, especially with getting on base and especially with his speed. Like Super fun to watch, but I think some of the some of the productivity is probably going to step back a little bit. Like, it's not like he's another guy with not even that crazy stats. He hit for 221, 13 homers, 50 RBI, solid on base uh, for 267. So, you know, good numbers across the board for a guy like that. But I do think they are going to come down a little bit because I felt like um, some of it was, I don't know if I'd say he was lucky, but it definitely felt like fortune was on his side at times last year. Yeah, I think both of those are the, those are good. And I think Mateo is a candidate for, um, another category here, depending on what he does. Um, I went to the bullpen. I would, went with Felix Bautista just because at times it was just almost outrageous how good he was down the stretch. <laughs> and he got thrown to the closer and did really well after Jorge Lopez got traded. And like you guys said with the other two, a regression may not mean he's bad. He's just not as good as he was before. I mean, last year, um, I just had the numbers in front of me and I've lost them. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, like 2.19 ERA, 88 Ks and 65 and two thirds innings, you know, now, you know, coming back for another year, you just sometimes see bullpen guys regress um, year to year. And he just feels like a candidate for aggression. Um, so I'll, I'll go with him. I hope, I, I think he's a huge key to what the Orioles do in the bullpen, obviously. So I hope there's no regression. I hope he even gets better, but um, you know, maybe he sprays the ball a little bit more and, 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 um, some things. He also at times got out of some, came in and got out of jams, when maybe, maybe that stuff just regresses a little bit more than it than it or regresses um, compared to last year. So I'll go with him. But I I think I think Santander was the other one that I thought about just because. Um, although now he's you know he's coming off of you know some great play recently, so maybe he just continues on and and does that. But um, I think all of those are good candidates though. 
Um, and I'll go to the next one. I have Batista, and I think he's also a very big trade candidate. And the only reason I would say that is because I just feel like Mike Elias could be a guy that it's like if he has a good bullpen arm and he feels like he can flip them for value, he just seems like a guy that's like, I'll go find somebody else that can do this. And so I just had Bautista as that guy. He may not be that guy. I didn't look into it like that hard, but I'll throw him out there as a, as a who gets traded guy. Um, who do you have for that one, RDT? I, I was thinking of a couple different guys. Bautista kind of like shocked me at first. I was like, oh, that's I did I did not see that answer coming. Um, and again, that's probably and it's probably and to be honest, to be honest, it's probably a bad answer. I'm just thinking in if if the Orioles are not as good as maybe they think they're going to be. And he's great. This kind of goes against what I said before. And he's great. Do they do the same thing they did before and are like, all right, this is the top end of the guy's value. I don't think he will. I honestly don't. I don't really know if they're going to trade anybody, to be honest. Now, as this was a little bit hard for me, I don't know if they'll deal anybody. I think Mateo is the other candidate for that. I think Mateo is a top candidate for that. I mean, all it takes is the Mets having like two bad weeks to start out the season or, you know, a couple bad weeks being like, hey, we got to find a closer, you know, like, like, let's. Yeah, Bautista from Baltimore or something, and you know, they they ship away some guys. Um, my two guys, I think, I think it's good. Or I, I got two that jump to mind, and they're you know it's Ramon Urias, and then Jorge Mateo. Um, we've it's been talked about a lot. They've got they've got guys ready to play the left side of the infield. Um, you know, Gunnar Henderson's going to play one of those positions eventually, and and he's going to be there now. You know, and Ramon won a Gold Glove last year, won a Gold Glove at third base. And he may be coming off the bench. Like, there's this – they have all this infield depth. And, he, again, you know, got Jordan Westberg down on the farm. Like, he's ready to come up any minute. You know, people were mad that he didn't make the opening day roster. So, I think they eventually make a move. One of those guys um, – again, all it takes is someone getting hurt or, you know, and again, another person not performing. But I, I think those guys – or maybe both of them gets traded. Um, and I don't know where, I don't know when, but I, I think both of those guys – there's a – Decent chance both of them are moved at some point in the season. It's kind of surprising none of either of those guys have been moved already. <laughs> like I think there is a possibility those guys could have gotten already gotten traded. Yeah, in the offseason. I don't, I don't know. And again, all it takes is one injury. You know, someone rolling an ankle. Yep, Jake. Is he muted? Oh, he may be muted. Oh no, Jake. We've lost we've we've lost Jake's audio. We can't hear him. Oh no! Wow! It's frozen. I literally I right? had my mixer on mute. I <laughs> I there we that. go. Yeah, I we were like, oh no, he's muted. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I had um. Yeah. It, it almost it's it feels like a year too late for Santander. Like I was kind of circling him a little bit. Um, it's kind of almost like what's the point at this point with him? And then you mentioned the infield depth, so I did write down Urias. Like I just, you know, awesome player. Uh, had some really big moments last year, but it's like the future's coming and like, he's, you know, standing kind of in the way of it. So yeah, he's, he's the guy I'm looking at. It is like the thing where, and I know that this is what they do with the, the models and churning through guys, but it's almost like, are they really going to be big sellers this year in the way that they were last year? Not that they were like big, big sellers, but like, are they going to do that again? I'm not even sure. So. Yeah. The, their trade deadline strategy will clearly be predicated somewhat on where they are in the standings. Um, but yeah, will they will they just kind of keep it the way it is if it's going well? We shall see. Biggest surprise. Um, I will start since I continue to throw it to you guys. Um, and I don't know. This is once again. I don't know if it's it's going to be a big surprise to people that are really plugged in and based on his versatility and 
and you know how people feel about him. But I'll say Taron Vavra, um, just because I think he has a lot of ways to contribute to the club, and he seems very willing to literally do whatever it takes to get onto the field. And so I think we are going to see him on the field in a variety of ways, and I think he's going to endear himself to fans in that way. Um, and I almost think of him as like, and this may not, you know, relate to a ton of people, but like right now, Lamont Wade gets on the field for the Giants, a former Maryland player in a ton of ways. He can play first, he can play in the outfield, and they DH him sometimes. He just does a ton of things, and his bat is really consistent. He has great at bats, he walks a lot, blah, 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 blah. He has big hits. That feels like Taron Vavra to me. Like, Oh, tonight he's playing first, and then he's playing this position, and this guy's hurt, so Taron Vavra's playing, and now he's batting seventh, and here's his big hit, and blah, blah, blah. I think he will surprise people, maybe casual fans, or even some hardcore ones that maybe don't have him on the radar as some of these other top prospects as a guy that just continues to pop up when he is needed. So I'll throw him as a guy that becomes a more valuable part of the team than maybe people thought. I think you put that perfectly, and Taron was a guy that I was thinking about too. And I know you picked him because of the Big Ten connection. It's <laughs> just a great Big Ten play. I love um, Big Ten baseball. By the way, so surprised to I, learn I, that that guy is from the Midwest. When uh, when we hung out with those guys, Eric, I was talking to him a lot, and I was like, this is like the most chill Cali bro I've ever met. It's got to be, this dude has to be from like Los Angeles or Vegas or San Diego or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, nope, he's from Wisconsin. Yep, like like the heart of Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it, that's a good pick. I I think his power is going to surprise people. He had one home run last year, came in the last game, like his last at bat. Um, I, th- I, I I think he's going to hit a decent amount of home runs. Again, he's not a run guy, but I think he's going to surprise us with that. And Taylor, you were talking about him. He reminds me of, it, it's like a Ryan Flaherty. I think people are, again, Ryan Flaherty was kind of a cult, you know, had a cult following here. But again, guy could play all around the infield. Um, could hit a little bit. Again, I was always the, if I was in the camp of if Ryan got, 400 of bats, he did 20 home runs. That was my hot take. Um, but I, that's a good pick with Vavra, and I was going to go with him until I heard you pick him. Um, I'll go with Cole Irvin. I think Cole is going to have – I think he's going to – I think he's going to kind of be like how John Means was a couple years ago, where it's like kind of like <clears> – again, not a not a hard-throwing lefty, but again, I think he's like a crafty guy who <clears throat> big loop and breaking ball, knows how to get guys out. I think he pitches the contact, which again is now not – such a bad thing in this ballpark with it being the way it is. Um, I, I think he's going to kind of come in. I think he's going to have – he's not going to have a 2-2 ERA, but he's, you know, I think he's going to have like a quiet 3-4 three, three, ERA, something like that, just rack up like – he's going to be a guy where like you look at baseball reference and you're going to be like, is that like four quality starts in a row? And he's, you know, struck out six, seven. You know, one game he struck out ten, and he's just kind of like – He's going to be like I think the innings eater, like like Jordan Lyles was last year, and again, kind of just put together these starts where you're like, you quietly had a good start, and you just don't really think about him. He's not flashy, he's not throwing 101, but again, he just gets guys out. So I, I'm excited to watch him, and he's a guy who's already like found himself in the middle of the fit. Like the fan base loves him already. Like he's on Discord, like shooting the shit with guys. Like he's DMing me on Instagram. We're talking about golf and all that stuff. He seems like a person who is just. Maybe just because he was came from open, he's like, I, I want to be here. I'm just ready to play. Like, I, I'm very excited for him. I think he's going to be a fun guy to follow. I like that pick, Jake. My biggest surprise is that this team will play in Game Seven of the American League Divisional Series. I don't know wow. what's going to happen, but I think they're going to make it that far. 
I'm not saying they're going to the CS. I'm not saying they're, you know, going to lose. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that that's, I, I, I feel it deep within my loins that they're, they're making a run this year. I like that you went with, with a non-player. That's, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. We're doing players that for the rest of these. I feel like, so you, you got to mix it up. A little yeah, bit. no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, all right. We've hit that one. We've hit that one. Let's go with uh best pitcher. RDT. Um, it's going to be between two guys that I think we, you guys have already talked about it. Um, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Felix Bautista. I think, I think he's just going to be filthy this year. Like, like again, we saw how good he was last year and, and just how like physically dominating he was. And he just, how, how good he looked. And it's almost like, I don't know if it was found money last year. Like obviously he had the belief in himself. Like, Hey, I can do this. I'm good. I think it I don't know if it surprised him last year, but I think this year he's gonna have like a cockiness, like, listen, I'm gonna throw a hundred and like you're gonna throw this and you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be able to touch this. And I'm gonna embarrass you, and the lights are gonna be flashing, and Omar's whistle is gonna be going, and it's gonna scare the shit out of you. And like I think he has the makings to be like just to get a massive physical dominating presence on the mound in the ninth inning with the game on the line. And you're just like, you got guys in the box. You're looking like Henry Rowan Gardner with guys that are like afraid to step in the box and like shake as they walk up to the box. So I, I and again, he's just, he's filthy. And the worry that he was hurt in, in, in training, that's kind of died down because he threw in games, he threw in, you know, in, in the closed sessions and everyone said he looked awesome. I talked to some guys down there. They said he looked crisp. He's ready which is huge because, again, with this bullpen already being kind of beat up, it, it's massive. So I, I, I look forward to him just some absolutely just clean ninth innings, racking up the saves, and, and some he's going to be on pitch, Pitching Ninja a lot, I think. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. I think he's the best pure pitcher. Jake? I'm going to go with RDT's guy. I'm going to go with Mean Dean Kramer. Find a little bit of control. Shalom, fi- baby. Get get a little you know a little more veteran status. That's also that's also who I had. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he was three two three ERA last year, eight and seven. You know, you get all the uh, all the saber metrics and all that stuff. Like I said, I'm not super into it, but I liked what I saw for the most part. But I'd like to see him just based on the eye test, settle it down a little bit, um, have a little bit just more productive starts. Where like if he gets, I want to see him like get off to bad starts and then find it a little bit through the game because it feels like with him sometimes he gets off to a bad start. And then it's just the train comes off the tracks. And that happens to a lot of pitchers. But I feel like what separates the veterans from the guppies a little bit is the guys that can like work their way out of that. So I want to see him work, work his way out of some jams, find a little mental toughness and settle in. And uh, I'm expecting it to happen. So Dean Kramer. I'll co-sign that description. That is also who I had a little bit of. I It felt like a little bit of, the sh- of a shot in the dark. But I think I think he has the ability to kind of put it over together, put it all together over a full season and be good. I also, this is just a hopeful, I hope means comes back and is really effective. I don't think he will be the best pitcher on the team. That was a big um, ask. I, I thought of him too, but it's just like, man, that's coming off Tommy. That's Johnny. a lot. He hasn't played in yeah. a while. It's a <laughs> lot, but uh, yeah. So I, I just hope that he comes back and, and is good. He, he, he deserves that. Um, we have three more to go here. I will go with all stars and I will start. Um, I think Adley is an all-star. It's crazy that it's taken us this long to really talk about Adley in an Orioles preview. Um, I think he will make the all-star team. I think he will start the all-star game. And I think that Gunnar Henderson will be an all-star as well. Mm, yeah, I had Adley too, like and that. then uh, I had Cedric going with him. So 
Cedric again, and then Adley uh, getting up there for the first time and really, really making that statement. And I'm sure we'll have more on Adley with uh, what I'm assuming we'll close this out with. But uh, yeah, that's who I had. I think I think we get Adley Bautista. I I I'll say Gunner too. I I know we're we're piling on the expectations for Gunner in his rookie year, but I I think we see those three guys. Um, and again, it would be cool to see a guy like Perez go again. We saw how awesome he was last year. It would be cool to get one of those kind of you know. It's tough for those middle relievers to get in, but I, I would like to see him. But I, I'll go with three guaranteed. I think. Um, I think Bautista, Adley, and Gunner. I feel like I'm trying to temper it with Gunner a little bit. Like, I, I really thought about him for breakout player, but I was like, it kind of felt like he broke out already. And then, like, we had this, uh, we had the home run thing where I was like, eh, I don't want to put that on him. And then we had the all-star thing, and I thought about him again. And I was just like, man, I'm thinking about him, I, but that's, I, I don't know. You can think about those Friday beers, but you got to wait for him, right? You got you, you to gotta earn it, and I, I hope he does earn it. I got I got a lot I got some complaints being like I want to put Gunner there but I don't know where to put him because he doesn't really qualify for any of these. They yeah. were like you should have just done like best hair or something like that. Yeah, so, best hair. And I was just like it's straight up like hey, I stole this from some Nash fan that I saw posted it on Twitter. Aspiration, <laughs> aspirational vibes. Around. I just moved him around a little bit. Aspirational so. vibes, the vibes around him are great, you know. He's uh He's the kid right now. I think Adley was the kid last year, and Gunner's the kid. Uh, he is, he's very quickly usurped the kid. I feel like Adley had many more years of being the kid, but now Gunner's here, and he's the kid. Yeah, he's definitely the kid. I, I, I'm i going the other way. I'm, I'm fully on board the hype train. Just absolutely roll the hype train at a, at a gigantic velocity for Gunner Henderson. It just... It would be one of the all-time disappointing Baltimore sports situations if he somehow missed. Like, to be it, clear, it, like it, I don't think he's gonna miss, but like I it, no 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 I know you don't. Oh, I know you don't. I, I know you're just you're just yeah. I know I know exactly what you're doing. I, I'm just saying in general, if it somehow didn't work out to a ridiculously good degree, that would just suck. He almost feels uh, this sounds gonna hurt. He almost feels like a more sure thing than Adley right now. Like you watched him come up last year, and you're just like. Offensively, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, like offensively, it's just disgusting. Yeah, and then even on D, de- I mean, defense too. Like, he's just he's the he's the total package. Again, Ryan Ripken told me this. There's a chance that he is a better pro baseball player than Adley. He said he said again. Ryan had been in camp with Adley, Gunner, and Juan Soto, and was like, he has better at bats at his age than Juan Soto did. He looks better at his age than Juan Soto did. And he's like, I'm not like putting down Juan Soto at all. He's one of the greatest hitters the game and he's like i think he has a chance to again be a juan soto type hitter player when he you know reaches his peak which is incredible to think about just absolutely incredible so. yep and again the fact that the 2019 draft in 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 for the orioles may go down with like the ravens ray lewis and ogden they got Hitting their first three bombs. picks were it was adley gunner and stowers that's inc- i mean that that could be a very good very good uh little group right there pretty good mvp do we just do we need to go around it's adley yeah it's his town it's his mvp it is his town and let's keep that narrative going please oh i it's believe me there's a shirt being made with that picture on it and it's going to say my town and hopefully Adley wears it with what picture with like your over the shoulder view and like your, your hat yes. on and then like, he's, he's talking to you. Like the one that looks like where I'm smelling him. You know how many DMs I got being like, are you smelling his shoulder? And I said, no, he pulled me in for a hug. All right. I'm, yeah. 
But hashtag oh, Joe, Joe, Joey Ortiz also in the 2019 draft. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible draft. Mm. Like, you know, you know who the Orioles took last in the 2019 draft? Their last draft pick. <sighs> There's no way you guys get this. I, yeah, I have no I idea. Current Maryland senior left fielder Bobby Zamarslack as a high schooler mm. was their final draft pick of the 2019 draft. Um, yep, Bobby Z. Batting seventh for the for the uh, for the uh, for the Terps right now. Got to get him on here, uh, the turtle. Yeah, uh, seems like a good kid. But yeah, I, I, it's Adley, and and not only for what he does offensively, which we 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 think the offensive numbers are going to be outstanding. He, you know, behind the plate, um, in terms of how he handles pitchers and the chemistry he seems to be building as a team leader as well. Um, he's the guy. Doesn't he's, also he's like guy. important that he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like I think his personality has really started to shine through where he's like, he's doing the, I think you should leave quotes and he's like making fun of himself a little bit on Instagram. And like, Eric, you obviously know him a little bit. And like we spent some time with him. He's a legit, just like funny dude. Who's kind of leading by example. And I like that. Like he's not this super serious baseball hardo, like a Rizzo not to, you know, take a shot at him or like some guys like that. Like it's, it feels like a little bit of a different vibe. And I like that. I, I think he understands, like, A, his role, and like you said, he's really bought into the, like, yes, he's a team leader and all that, but it's also, again, he's like, what is he, 25, 20, you know, he's going to turn 26 or whatever. It's like, he, I, I, I'm with you. He's really leaned into it. And again, the social media stuff is great. Um, and like you said, we saw a little behind the scenes stuff when we were hanging out with him. But yeah, he's, I, he, we talk about all the time, guy that gets it. He gets, he's it, he gets it, he is it, it's, yeah, it's like the the entire package. When you have the, when you have the ability, or I guess not the ability, but just when you have the vibe about you where like, there's a self-deprecating quality to you and there's like a, uh, a little bit of like, you can have fun with, you know, have fun with people and like not take yourself too seriously, but also like. I'm a competitor and I'm going to rip your throat out like that, that thing. Like I, 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 you get vibes like that, like weirdly, like the, the athlete I was thinking about this the other day uh, that has this is Will Zalatoris. Taylor, that might mean more to you than it does Eric, but like it reminds me a little bit of just kind of like the quiet, like smirking, like, you know, having a good time, but also like just very serious when it comes time to like go to work. So that's, that's kind of what I was thinking of. I think that's fair. That's fair. We need, we need, um, Adley to do everything better than Will Zalatoris. Yeah, re- as of as of late, you know, maybe that's not the best comparison, yeah. you know, player wise, but uh, that's just sort of the 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 general vibe. Like Will Zalatoris. When things are firing, that's that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, that's fair. We'll have we'll have um, Brian back on in a, in a couple of days to uh, do his uh, comparing Orioles players to golfers. Yeah, listen, that's that is coming in a few days. Dan Rappaport also joining the show, so tune in. Oh, very nice, very nice. Some golf talk as we head into the Masters uh, here in a couple of weeks. Um, Next week is going to be so fucking fire. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Overall record, RDT. Actually, RDT, I'll let you go last since you're the the Orioles, you know, the king of Orioles Twitter. I'll let you you complete it. I'll start. I'm with Jake. I think that (laughs) I'm bullish. I think they make the playoffs. I think they go 90 and 72. Hmm. 90 wins for the Orioles. I, 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 I. this could look so stupid, and we can replay this back. I'm fully on the liftoff train with Mike Elias. The young guys are coming up. The culture's there. I love what the, I loved last year. I loved everything about everything going on, seemingly culture wise. 
I think it is an organization they're ra- raising up. They continue to do, despite the ridiculous quabbles with the ownership, they continue to do everything at an elevated level. Even Masson may figure it out this year. 90 and 72. Bang. Mm, bang. I did, uh, so it's funny. I actually did 88 and 74, and I expect there to be some some roadblocks along the way, some speed bumps, right? They're still young. They're still growing. I think Hyde is still figuring out how to put, I mean, like, much to the chagrin of like the uh, extremely like way too online Orioles Twitter that with the punt lineup stuff and you know kind of it's so funny like the the national discourse around Brandon Hyde was like oh my god what a great job this guy is doing and then like he got uh, some of our friends on Orioles Twitter that just uh, you know couldn't believe the guy's actions you know day to day and week to week but you know I think he's still figuring out these young guys and how to put the best puzzle pieces in place so I think there will be some some ups and downs but ultimately I'm expecting them to be like I said, 88 and 74, they'll, they'll ride, uh, they'll ride a wave into the postseason. I think they probably will be wild cards and, you know, they'll, uh, but like I said, I think they'll, they'll take that momentum and they'll, there'll be some 2012 Orioles vibes. Love that. Love that. Um, I was going to go 80, 88 wins as well. 88 and 74. Um, I'll go 89. We'll, we'll up at one. I'll, I will see your 88 and I raise you one. And yeah, I, I think 89 wins again. I mean, I was, I was seeing some people say 91, 92, 93 wins on that the the prediction stuff, and I I would I would love it. I do think they blow the seventy seven and a half number out of the water. That's thanks for coming. I think that's cashed pretty early, maybe mid September, um, early September. But I, I playoffs I don't know, and I've been wrestling back and forth with it. Like I don't think they win the division. I don't think they can win more than the Blue Jays or the Yankees. But I, I mean, a wild card spot is definitely there. Um, and it would be awesome. I mean, if they whew, if they could make a run for the playoffs, which again they did last year. I mean, that would just be. I was gonna say, like, fantastic. I expect I expect it to be last year, but they finished the job to an extent. Like they 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 grow up a little bit, and you know they don't have some of the stumbles down the stretch that they did. And and part of that I think will be due to the to, due to the bad schedule, where again we're not playing the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays nineteen times anymore. That's yep. the, I, we've talked about it a little bit. I don't think any team in baseball is 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 th- this was made for the Orioles. Like it's perfect for them. Again, I was on a Yankee podcast earlier today, and he said 2018, 19, and twenty one. If you looked at which team in the division had the best record against the Orioles, that team won the division just straight up. The one year the Yankees, I think, went eighteen and one. Red Sox went like seventeen and two one year. That's the difference in the division. It's, it's not going to be that anymore. And again, we have the balanced schedule where now you're playing the NL Central and the, you know, like Pirates, you're not shaking in your boots when the Pirates come to town or the Brewers or, you know, anyone like that. So I, I'm, I think 89 wins again, it probably is enough to get a wild card spot. Um, again, I mean, I would just be over the moon if, if they were able to make that again, I think next year is going to be the big like playoffs year. But again, this year could be a very fun year. Again, if, if they live up to expectations and stay healthy and then, and then, you know, again, can, can win some of these games and, and again, I mean, if everyone hits in pitch as well, I think it's going to be just an awesome year. So I'll, I'll go kind of right in the middle, and I'll stick with eighty-nine wins. And this this could definitely blow up in our face, and we will we will admit to being the biggest homer podcast of all time if the Orioles, you know, win like seventy-eight games or whatever it is. I just and maybe this is just, and we're also out. This doesn't stand for RDT, but at least for me and Jake, both talking is very damaged. Um, in terms of our other Baltimore sports team right now. So maybe this is like a hopeful want for something to distract us. 
But RDT, right, what, you're the Orioles. You're the all Orioles guy, so I love that you're on the same page here. But you're also very positive and hopeful too. So maybe this is just maybe we're just wrapped up in the in the in the overall good feelings. Um, I'll, I'll I'll throw this I'll throw it to you this way, and then RDT will move on to some of the questions and, and comments you got. What would be a disappointment for you guys? Like, what is the what is the bar? But what is what is the bar of? Because the expectations are elevated, but they're not insane. I, I like they could not make the playoffs. People won't be upset. Is it like a is it like a seventy five win season that just never kind of gets off the ground? Is it you know eighty two wins that starts out hot, but then they fade down the stretch, and you felt like they were in contention? Because some of this is just like how it goes through a year, like you know. Maryland basketball is a good example of like almost you start almost start out too hot and you raise the expectations too high and then you probably settled about where you were going to be and, and they probably they they you know over overperformed that expectations anyway but they got so hot they got like over out over their skis and people were like well weren't we thirteen in the country well probably weren't but you just mm-hmm. things kind of worked out that way like what does that look like for the Orioles for you guys what's a disappointment RDT like last day of the year you're like ah that sucked. I think, like you said, they kind of like trip over their feet. Seventy-five. I, I think anything under five hundred is, is a disappointment. Like, again, it could be eight. It could be eighty wins. It could be seventy-five. If they're like, again, if they're just like oh, taking it back and like Jake, like you, like you talked about, where they kind of just didn't didn't have the firepower down the down the stretch this year against the Blue Jays. I think if it's another situation like that, like if they're heading into October, maybe with they're like, hey, look, if they win, they, you know, they got a big series coming up against the Rays. They got, you know, they need to win three out of four. And if they win one or something like that, kind of just, you know, wet fart noise the whole time. And then it's like, all right, this kind of sucks. Um, I, I think anything under 500 is, is, um, is, is going to be a disappointment. But like you said, if, if it kind of just, you know, and it, people are definitely going to be tough. If say they start out like three and seven, three and eight, something like that, people are going to kind of like, oh, you know, you should have brought Grayson up and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's Elias not doing this and, and Angelos and blah, 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 punt lineups. So, I, yeah, it, I, I think anything under 500. But, um, again, I, th- I think getting out to a quick start is key. And, and you know, we'll, we'll just go from there. But I'll, I'll say anything under 500. Hopefully, 75 wins, that would be like, I think, like, there's, a, there's somebody hurt and, and it's not a good season. But, you know, anything under 500. We're five years into this thing, right? I mean, and like these are not totally comparable situations, but what did Theo Epstein say when he took over in Chicago? Five years. They win a World Series in five years. You look at the Astros where you have a lot of the same figures involved. I think they did it in a similar time frame, and that's not going to happen. And like I said, this was a harder rebuild and you had COVID involved and there was a lot going on, but it's time for some real expectations. Like it's time to go to the playoffs, right? Like over 500, certainly that would be great, but it's like, it's time to do this damn thing because if you're going to bet all the, bet everything on having young talent in house, like that's all great, but eventually it's got to turn into something. And like, I want to see them not only make the playoffs, but I want to see them stand up to the AL East a little bit. I don't want Bo Bichette to be your daddy again. I don't want Aaron Jugs to be punking you again every single time you play. That's going to happen sometimes, right? Like that's definitely going to happen. These are very talented teams. This is a talented division. The Red Sox probably aren't even going to be an easy out because they never are. You got the Rays. I mean, it's it's going to be tough, but it's like you got to you got to stand up a little bit at some point. At some point, you got to stand up to the bully or the bullies, uh, you know, in this case. 
And uh, I want to see them do that, and I want to see them in the playoffs. I think it will be a disappointment if they're not, uh, at the very least, like right up until the final day in the hunt for it. To me, I think that some of it may not be even about so if they don't, you know, if they don't make the playoffs or win 86, 87 games, whatever, which you could miss winning that. Like if they, even if they're like a little under 500 and kind of just do what they did last year, I think the real disappointment could come for fans from individual performances, not paying off to a place where you're like, okay, we're continuing to go somewhere, right? Like you could go 500 this year. And if Adley has an amazing year and Gunner has an amazing year and maybe some like, you know, other things fall off the tracks, maybe the pitching staff regresses and you just don't have enough and you, you can't win enough games. Like, but if those guys have bad years and that happens, that's going to hurt a lot more than if you don't make the postseason and you're 500. But like, you're like, okay, we have superstars. Like, we just now need to go. Now we need to go spend for a pitcher or trade some guys for a pitcher or or figure out this position. But like, we have the core guys. If the core guys are the guys that struggle, that make them have kind of an uneven year, I think that will really hurt fans. To your point, Jake, of being like okay, well, what was all of the suffering for? I don't think that's going to happen. I think that would be almost catastrophic feeling if some of those like top-end guys didn't perform. Like maybe a, a lower-end prospect. He's not even a low-end prospect. Like if Stowers has a bad year, you know, if he has an, like an Austin Hayes type, like not very good with everyday at-bats, you know, whatever. Like people aren't going to be like, oh, no, Kyle Stowers. As long as like Adley is good and Gunner is good and, and people feel good about that. But if those guys don't meet – so much expectation because I mean those that's a, that's a ton of pressure with those two guys. Um, if those guys aren't, you know, superstar looking type of players for some reason, and if they get hurt, they get hurt. That is what it is. But if they if they, if they you know if they play, they would play 145 to 50 games, and it just kind of doesn't happen. I think that will really hurt. That will be the biggest disappointment you could have in this season throwing out what the record ends up being. So, and obviously as those guys perform, the record will go up or down, but I don't think people will even less care about that final record. Be like, Oh no, is Adley not the guy is Gunner not the guy we did all this. And these guys, you know, we talked about all this, like just because the expectations are high, that's the farthest fall you can have of all the things that surrounding the Orioles. Um, RDT let's, uh, what do you have from the people? What, what have you gathered from, um, all of your hordes of fans on Twitter that enjoy speaking with you? I was going to say, I tweeted out like, hey, tweet me, DM me, email me, text me, do whatever, you know, get it over to me somehow. My DMs got flooded, like legitimately flooded. Um, someone here, a guy, Tommy, Tommy McGee, um, win projection, I say around 90. Uh, blah, blah, the pitchers perform. I think we covered that. Um, let's see what else. Blah, blah, blah. Let me see. I got a bunch of these to, to try and sort through. Who's the Orioles starting shortstop at the end of the year? Um I think we did kind of cover that. That was Josh at Josh Peach, um, Mr. Peach. Great, you know, his, he has a good uh, his, his bio. Uh, bad pop music. Oh, he sounds like our guy. Baltimore sports bad pop music and doing impressions of Macho Man Randy Savage. I can get down with that. Sure, I like that. How about um, good pop music? Well, I think I think the, the bad pop music is somehow better than the good pop music. Yeah, some would say. Starting shortstop. Uh, at the end of the year, I think it. I think it's. Um, I think it's Jordan Westberg. I do think that. I think he eventually makes his way up again. Trade, injury, whatever, um, forcing himself on the roster. I, I think he does end up um, 
on the roster. I think he's our starting shortstop at the end of the year. Um, let me see. Oh, someone had a good question. Better ways to uh, modernize the ballpark. Do you guys have anything on that? We've we've talked about the sound system before. Brian is a big sound system guy at the ballpark, and it's not great, and, and everyone has complained about that. Um, is there anything else that you guys, off the top of your head, to improve Camden Yards? Get a swimming pool in uh, in center field. Ah, <laughs> uh, thing. <laughs> Things to improve about the ballpark. Mm. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. They're they're not doing anything funky with lights at Oriole Park yet, are they? Like light shows and stuff. I didn't miss that last yeah. year, did I? Yeah, they did it with the um with Bautista's entrance. They, they did That's the, right. Like, so they're doing that stuff. And- yeah, they're doing that. Okay, okay, okay. I just it's, my brain is just not functioning. Um, I I think they could. I, first of all, it, it's hard to even answer that because the ballpark is so awesome that you know wanting to put too much modern in it almost feels like a force. I think they I think they could just continue to put more differentiating experiences throughout the place, but I think. I think the ballpark's in a pretty good spot. Like, I think I'd have to like walk through it again and be like, "Oh, maybe I would do this here, do this here." Um, they could probably do a little bit more like outside the ballpark to make the game day atmosphere feel a little bit more connected before you get in. I don't think they like do a ton on either side, um, you know. And you're never going to do like a full fledged Ravens walk, and that's not even really modern. But you're never going to do like a full-fetch Ravens walk for everywhere else game. But you hope like when these games become bigger, there's like a little bit more pageantry as you're walking to the ballpark from whether that's, you know, whichever side. I'm trying to think of like modern, more modern. I mean, LEDs could probably be better, I guess. Like they could be more complete and better. Um, get, an, get an organist in there. What are we doing? It's been long enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, I... I I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I watched these away games at the Cubs. Oh, the and sweets, they, they got the sweets. The sweets. The sweets could be modernized. I think the sweets could be better. That's oh yeah, super yeah. Of course, of that's course. Super, that's what you guys. That's pick. super. Yeah, that's a, that's a super Taylor Smith thing for me to say. Yeah, but we were in the sweet Eric yeah. last year. I, I've been in the sweet Eric. I'm not going to go down the ship by myself. The, the sweet, the sweet you know, t- going to the governor's. Yeah, uh, yeah the sweet, the sweet, and 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 I. I like I think concourse wise, they could the concourses could just have a little bit like the the Ravens have done a very good job with like screens on the concourses and 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 above concessions. The Orioles could could that do would be that, that would be modernizing it, making the games more watchable from like the other areas or the yeah like yep. yeah mm-hmm. like if you yeah. were to you, like some like sometimes I looked at t- like when I was standing in line in, at concessions of the bathroom, I'm like looking at the TVs they have in the concourses, and I'm like. We could probably throw some like forty-inch flat screens up there at this point. Like that, that, that. Mm-hmm. You know, those aren't TVs are not expensive. Like we probably do that. Yeah, that's 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 one. That's a good one. I I'm kind of following what you were saying, Jake. It's like the open kind of concourse where like you go to these ballparks now and you can stand in line and see you can see the field. You can't do that at Camden Yards. Yeah. Um. Again, I don't know what that will do to like the info. You know, you just take out all the. Thing the, you know the support underneath the seats. I, I don't know what, what you would have to do there, but I know listen, that, we're not you know, engineers. Okay, it, that's it, not it, our job. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not an engineer. Listen, I I no, that that's not my it's not my gig. Um, something like that. Um, people always shit on the scoreboard too. I think it's like the, one of the smallest scoreboards in um in baseball. The uh, the video board. I'm sorry, um, the video board. Um, I'll throw I'll throw a wild one out 
give me some seats on top of the warehouse. Let, let's do seats on top of the warehouse like we're at Wrigley watching across <laughs> the street. Probably a little higher, and I, I would not go up there. I it's would say that right so now. so high. Yeah, that that's would really be so high. Dude, that's that's up there. Like, I think at that point the you just board? you uh, you affiliate with the Hilton or whatever that is, and like you actually you make like an yeah. Orioles room, and like hey, you rent out this room, and you get to sit on this deck, and we'll bring you uh, buckets of beer. The scoreboard piece is very interesting because I just pulled up just so I could look at how far. Like, what do you do? Because you can't if you push it towards. Like, where are you going out? Because if you go out any far, I guess you could just take the ad boards out and that entire thing could just be a scoreboard and then you would allow you a little more flexibility. But you you can't really go out towards the right. Then you're over the batter's eye and, and you can watch, you, like, you're starting to take away the view of the city you get through the, through, like, you know, the center field um, situation there. And then if you go towards the warehouse, you're cutting out the view of the warehouse, which is, like, one of the more unique parts of the park. So mm-hmm. I guess, I guess you could go like up a little bit, or you could like do a little more video wise with the, you know, where you show the out of town scores, you know, that's already LEDs and stuff. Um, you down the right field line. I I, I don't know. I, I keep I keep waiting for the first major league ballpark to like soccer style go LEDs on the entire outfield wall. That is what I continue to, I continue to wait for, and maybe that just. Maybe that's against major league rules in some way, but I'm shocked that more of that has not happened. Where it's just like, or even around the back, where it's just like all LEDs, and you'll it allows you to change ads as opposed to the freaking. Um, this, what MLB needs to figure out this green screen situation behind home plate, where like <laughs> when you're watching the initial Fox broadcast, like you see the ad, and then it's just a disgusting green screen if you see a highlight. They have to figure that out. It is so bad. Um, yeah. Which the NHL, the NHL has. When you watch an NHL game, it's the rotating, you know, mm-hmm. you know, virtual Add reality ads. And then when it cuts the other angle, it's other ads you've just been familiar with your entire time and what you're seeing in venue. And nobody has to figure that out because the green screen stuff looks so bad and it's looked bad forever. So yeah. that's a that's a kind of a you, deep cut. You know what I'm waiting? I'm waiting. You talked about the batter's eye. Make that part of the scoreboard. Make that LED like. Can you just do that? Yeah, but you need, like, but you need, uh, you need the batter's eye has to be like a neutral. Well, yeah, I mean, during during the game, you you'll make it like a scoreboard. You know, when the when the NFL teams are kicking field goals, and you just black it out, you know, or gray green it out when a team's up at bat, and then in between innings, you can do whatever home run celebration you could put. You know, it's just another video board. Um, by the way, did you see that there? They put the the name of the sports book. I forget what it is. Um, above the the video board on. Not where the sun sign was, but above the little video board. And it now says, like, blah, 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 sports book. Good teams win, great teams cover. And someone was like, imagine seeing that in an in an MLB ballpark 15 years ago. Like, only just being like, good teams win, great teams cover. Pretty funny. Pretty funny to see. Um, I got a couple more here. I'll throw out this one thing, see. by the way, before we move on from the park. Overall, be interested to see how the concessions are this year because that's changing. I know they just did like a preview. We'll see how that goes. Um, and we talked about this, Jake. Maybe you, you and and Spitty talked about this on your show. This like money they've allocated for improvements to both Oriole Park and MNT Bank Stadium. I'm interested where that goes. Um, and I know people have talked about like sports book in the warehouse and 
that stuff. But I would love to get more information on that when you know you, you would think there'll be some announcements on that as we go through the next. Well, I mean, years, John so. Angelos is going to be opening the books up any day now, so I'm sure we'll find. Out. <laughs> Very. He true. did say before the end of spring training he would do it, and technically it's not the end of spring. <laughs> well, the other thing, and I reminded we've talked about this on the show before, so we're rehashing a little bit for people to listen to that. Like they are trying to really make from Oriole Park to MNT Bank to now the casino, that like one big strip of almost like entertainment. So I'm interested to see how on the front end of that from the Inner Harbor, like what what Camden Yards' um, role in that is. And if that doesn't – if they – like if when you're walking through on Utah Street or whatever, like are there things that are always open there because they, you know, these are going to be like consistently more used. Yeah. Give places. me something coming from like your neighborhood towards like M and T like that would be kind of cool too. Like just sort of like it really enlivening that area would be nice. And I know they're trying yeah. to do it in like, I wouldn't say an artificial way, but more of like a business oriented way with like putting hammer jacks right there by M and T and like some of that other stuff. Like, that's yeah, like top golf is now sitting here. Yeah, like exactly. they're doing the concert venue. Like all that stuff is like going up. 40 feet from where I live. Like that would be how, yeah. How, yeah. Come, come, yeah, where do you come live? Drinks with me. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see like on an Orioles game day, what is like getting you, like if you go to an Orioles game at one o'clock, what is getting me to top golf at seven? Cause that's ultimately what they want. You want all those people down there. You want them to them, them to matriculate. And I think that kind of like that ties into pretty much bringing this whole thing full circle into like making the area right around Camden yards, more of like a full ecosystem where like you get people at pickles and sliders. And then like you walk over to the stadium and like, it's, it's a sidewalk. That's kind of it. And it's like, it would be, I know there's not a ton of stuff like right there, there, but like making that feel a little bit more interconnected and a little bit more, you know, cross pollinated uh, as it were. I think that would be, that would be nice. I, that's probably a little bit more of a long-term thing, but just uh, to bring it full circle, I guess. Yeah. Already see what you got. Um, a couple more. Uh, There's a fun one. If the current Orioles squad had a hot dog eating contest, who would win? I, I said Bautista easy. I think Bautista really <laughs> got. Mountcastle's a big guy. Go with him. Grayson. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, I guess the current Grayson? squad. Ooh. Yeah, I guess. I like we, could, we, could talk, we could talk Grayson for a second, too. And I'll, I'll say this. I, w- I was one of the guys who was upset when he didn't make it. Maybe due to personal connection. Maybe due to I just assumed he was. Then again, it's like you go back and you look at his number of spring, and he really didn't have a good spring. And and again, I people were very upset and they're very mad and saying Elias is playing the 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 service time manipulation card and stuff like that. I don't know if that's the case. It, it, Tyler Wells did just flat out beat him out during during spring. Um, so again, I'm hoping that he goes, he comes up and and you know, I don't know five weeks, week something like that, and we just see him. We will see him up here. It, it's no question. I think it, it is it, like injury. I straight up I, I do think it is manipulation, but it's like people have a emotional, political sort of association with that where they have negative feelings toward it, which mm-hmm. I can understand fully. But that's what it is, and like that's gonna make that's probably gonna be better for the team in the long term. So And it does suck, but again, like you look at it, I mean numbers were not good. He could blow up inning in every game. And it, it's like I'm not making I'm not standing up for Elias or, or the team or anything like that, but it's like I can see why because I talked to someone who like within a week left in spring training, was like, listen, Grayson may not break camp with that. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, that's not true. That's not going to happen. And then again, it happened. But I, again, like, it's 
I, I was talking to someone and it was like, I hope this is like the Adley thing where when Adley came up, remember the only thing people wanted to talk about was like, I can't believe they, 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 made, they made the announcement at 8 a.m. this morning and it's Preakness. Then he came up and it all went away because they started winning. So it's like, I hope, you know, he comes up, he shoves, and we're like, man, remember that five weeks? Well, it's also like, it's not, it's not linear. Like he, he got the call up, right? And that was amazing. And then he got a triple in his first game and then he sucked for a couple weeks. Like, it was terrible. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, man, like, did people they... Want to him down. And then all of a sudden, the conversation flipped. It's like, oh, they brought him up too soon from the same people. And it's like, guys, just settle down. Like, progress does not have to be linear here, and it could be the same thing for Grayson, hopefully. Yeah, thank you. I, thank still, you. Can't I, I, did want I still can't believe they made the announcement that they had Preakness. That was wild. It's the one Listen, year I'm glad I didn't like go. you were like me, and you bought your tickets at AM like I did, I had no problem. I did. I, I was, just would have I just would have gone nobody to the game. Cared about I was so sunburned. I was at the. Uh, I was on the golf course at Timbers at Troy and opened Instagram, and I saw the uh, saw the graphic that they put out, and I was like, all right, buying tickets right now, and then I'm going to go home and take a nap, and then I'm going to go, and I went. I saw people at Pickles who were so sunburned from Preakness, and they were like, we were at Preakness and then did spot tickets and came here. And I was like, I like you. I forget his name. He was very drunk. He kept asking me about the he, – he kept asking me who won the dozen tournament. And I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Francesa, um, the horse from Schenectady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, But again, this, this leads into my nobody cares about Preakness. Who did what you guys horse? see last year, Taylor? Who was it? At Preakness? Yeah, who, who, who performed? Uh, chain smokers. No, not last year. It wasn't chain smokers, was it? I was it not. You I tell us. That also just lends into my because everyone's like, "Oh, we just go for the concert." It's like you can't even remember. I would rather be at Adley's first game than a concert I couldn't remember. I wasn't. Okay, really well, there's only one year that you have to pit, make that choice, and you made it last year. Again, yeah, I'd rather I, go to back. Yeah, I already had my. I, it was marshmallow and the chain smokers. All right. I fuck with the chain smoker thought. I saw Marshmallow at Moonrise <laughs> at the same at the same venue five years ago. There we go. I wonder if they have a do they have a oh. lineup for this year? Let's take a peek. You we should go. We coming, should go as a group this year. You would think that's coming soon, the Preakness. They'll probably call Grayson. Sure they'll they'll save Grayson for uh for Preakness and they'll call him up there. <laughs> That'd be freaking awesome. Yeah, Are they at home the same day as Preakness? Probably. I don't know. I, I hope know. not. That should be one of the things they're never home on Preakness, just again to avoid that. Um, we'll go one one, and I kind of had fun with this one. Someone asked me over under stolen bases for Mateo and Mullins combined, and I just immediately 90 jumped to mind. I think that's a little high, but again, I kind of see it with these new base paths and the rules, and again, I just talked about it on this Yankees podcast I was on. All the new rules are going to kind of mesh together, where you have the pitch clock, you have the the pickoff throw limits, you have the bigger bases, you have the like you can't shift, and all that stuff is going to add up to I think more explosive mm-hmm. offense. And again, if a guy like Mateo draws two throws over, he knows the pitcher can't throw over again. He's going. He might as well walk there. Again, same thing with Mullins. Like if I mean Mullins is going to get on base and he's going to steal. If Mateo can find a way, Jake, you read a stat. Was he two two twenty average two sixty? This is on base percent. I don't. I can't remember what he said, but if he hits 240, 250, and he ups that 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 um, on base percentage, there's no reason he can't steal forty five or fifty bases. Yeah, two sixty seven, and he had thirty five. 
I mean, I, I put money on him to, to lose baseball in, in, in stolen bases. So, again, that, that a lot of that depends on playing time. But I, I think 90 is about right. Again, I, I kind of just threw it out, and I was like, oh, I could see that. So, again, I don't, I don't know what you guys have on that or, uh, or anything. But, yeah, 90. I think you, I think you, you covered it. There we go. Everybody else's questions were like, when is Colton coming up? Um, playoffs, where are they going to trade for people? And so, I don't know. The trade stuff is going to be interesting. I know Elias said, like, you know, at the deadline, we're going to look to buy this year. So, we'll see how the, the anti-Elias crowd flips that. And, um, you know, again, I mean, it's it's in his book to trade prospects for, star- for established starters. So, we will see when we get there. I am just very excited. I just tweeted out I'm fully torqued that Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are playing baseball tomorrow. I've sent out my text to all my Orioles workers and players and people I know, announcers, everything like that, covering all the bases. Is this the uh, Michael Wilbon name drop uh, of the week? Name drop. I'm not going to say I texted Trey and told him good luck. I'm not going to say that, you know, I did these guys. I'm not. I I won't do it. Um, And then I just can't. I I blurted it out earlier, but next week is going to be so much fun with I talked about it. The season premiere, Dave, on Wednesday. The Masters starting. Orioles opening day. The weather right now looks oh, just chef's kiss. Like, perfect. Next Thursday. Um, I will be up at Pickles. Hopefully, like, 8 a.m. So <laughs> I want all the high noons. I want all the natty bows. I want, I want. I Are want you going to the game, RDT? I don't have a ticket. Probably not. If someone wants to give me a ticket. Again, I, if someone show me the boxes have improved, show me. Invite me into a box. We'll see. I will not say no to boxes. I, I, um, I will say no unless they're modernized. So that's that's where I. It's, it's where a very I, like I, it's a very cousin Greg like turning his nose up at like the Italian wine that he's drinking at the end of the. Uh, I, like, I I simply have to have a standard at some point. So uh, I will be at the game. Mm, Excited for it. Huge. All right. Well, hey, if you end up in a box. I'll be close. By. Oh, he he'll be in a box. Don't worry about that. Yeah, come on. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't you're, go another way. But are you are you all only going in boxes of like political? Like like we've sat in the gov's box. Will you not sit in like a state senator's box? Or like no, no. I don't. I don't. You know, you have to exert influence any way you can. I'm not. No, Taylor's going to be sitting in the Roy McGrath box. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be sitting in. I'm gonna be sitting in. Um, in Mike Elias's box, we're just gonna be chatting. Well, Although I don't know if he sits, he sits, he doesn't seem to sit in the box. He bounces he around. Like sh- sometimes he yeah. does. Sometimes yeah. he sits down low with the common folk, which is always funny. Like you see him like eating chicken tenders with honey mustard in like Section Eight or something like that. I love that. Not Section Eight housing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. I had to clarify that. I did have to clarify. I think the place. Is gonna I don't be know. Again, I'm yeah. excited to see what. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what Fed Hill looks like that day. That will be. Um, I think it'll be one of the, if it's, the weather's good. I think it will be one of the more live opening days we've. I think had, it's gonna so be. It's it's gonna be party boy season. I think people are excited about this team. I think the weather's gonna be cranking up. You got the Masters going on. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a scene. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna be very excited again. I'll be at Pickles. Um, would love people to come up, say hi, shake my hand. Maybe I'll buy you a high noon. Maybe maybe not. Um, it's, it's going to be a very, 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 very fun. I cannot wait. I absolutely cannot wait. I hope they kick the shit out of the Red Sox tomorrow. I already took them at plus 110 to win tomorrow. 
I think I'll call my shot. Adley hits a home run off Kluber. Um, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm tomorrow is going to be a, a massive. If I annoy you on Twitter, just go ahead and mute me now because your boy is, has tweets lined up for days. You're just going to fire him out bright and early. <laughs> you got that winning gif ready? I did. I did. I, I created it last night. I, I I sat in the gif gif app for about an hour on with 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 my three cheese just was was putting faces on bodies and giggling to myself like a schoolgirl. What a what write. a shocker! You're this under the like, influence when you make those. They're, they're good though. They're, they're they very funny. <laughs> I added some new added some new faces. I took some off. It's it's you know it's a work in progress. But listen, someone has to drive this ship, and I I think I'm the right person to do it. And we're just I'm so excited to be here. I cannot wait. It's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, we will continue to cover it, obviously, all season long in the X-52 podcast. I know we, we've talked we talked about this a little off-air before we we came into the new X-52, you and me and Banks RDT. I think we want to try to do – I know you wanted to do some RDT, some like – for some of the games, do like some watch-alongs where we're live during the game. So that may be in the works at some point, um, which we're excited about. So have people like jump in and throw comments in and – and things like that, interact with the people live. And then if the games get big enough, we'll bring back some, some instant analysis as well, hopefully down the stretch. Um, if the, if the Orioles are in playoff games and things like that. So, um, as I've said before on the show, when the pod started, the Orioles were horrible and we always had to talk about the Ravens and now the Ravens are imploding and the Orioles are not imploding, but the Ravens are, are, are struggling publicly and the Orioles are all up and up. So hopefully it, the Ravens get back on track and it's everybody's good, but it's, it'll be excited. It's going to be exciting season of Orioles baseball. And I know we enjoyed doing the podcast last year when things were positive. And I know Jake, you and Spencer are excited to talk Orioles as well. So that should be uh, fun as we go through the year opening day tomorrow. Um, Jake quickly plug the pod you did um, that you just put out over the last couple of days um, that I think is interesting for people to listen to. Yeah. Quick 30 minute chat with uh, Lee Sanderlin of the Baltimore sun uh interesting dude like funny dude i don't know if anyone like the the venn diagram of no laying up fans and uh our fans i'm, I'm sure there's some but he appeared on the trap draw a couple years ago talking about his experience in a i guess 16 hours technically in a waffle house because he lost a fantasy football uh bet and went uh, viral on twitter so <laughs> i've been following lee like since then in 2021 it wound up that he was a journalist he wound up coming to the sun and he's been on the uh, courts and sort of the crime beat, but mainly courts and political crime and uh, corruption and things of that nature. So he's been on that beat um, since last year. And there was a case that I've sort of been following a little bit and been fascinated by the story of Roy McGrath, which I alluded to earlier, who was a chief of staff for Larry Hogan, uh, was set to stand trial for embezzlement and wire fraud charges. Uh, the day of the trial, he goes missing, has not been found since. And, uh, since then, some crazy stuff has happened, like the uh, release of an ebook, which kind of gives this sort of weird tell-all of his side of the story under uh, the name Ryan Cooper as the author. So Lee has been tracking that. I got him on to talk about that a little bit. For any serial listeners, there's a little bit of an Adnan Syed um, discussion at the end there, too, because uh, there was an update with his case where his conviction got reinstated. So interesting chat, a little bit different than anything I think I did on Beatdown, really, and uh, I think different than what you guys have been doing and since we've been doing since we came on. So venturing out into uh, doing some different kind of general interest stuff in the uh, in the area was a goal of mine since uh, joining up here, and this was kind of my first foray into that. So go back and check that out uh, if you're interested. I think it would, uh, turned out pretty well. So 
Yeah, very cool. And I know something we want to continue to do, as you said, Jake, kind of branch into some different topics surrounding the area. There's obviously so many interesting things that go on here locally besides the sports aspect of it. And I think that was a really, um, really interesting thing you did. If people would like to get um, their Lamar Jackson fix in, they can um, go back and listen to um, Jake and Banks chat about Lamar. There's obviously just been some more since then as he continues to expand his his reach on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're not going to go into that here, but, you know, I think the the situation kind of remains the same. It's just like more for people to get have, more for people to have consternation about. But I mean, Lamar's situation is what Lamar's situation is. But you guys uh, went over that a couple of days ago after his tr- the news of his trade request um, from a month ago was put in. So some good stuff there as well. Um, so make sure you go to listen to that um, and excited for the Orioles. Um so that's 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 it for this week's episode of the X fifty two podcast, or this week's third episode of the X fifty two podcast. Normally we're just doing one a week. Now we got like forty a week. So go back and listen to all the other stuff. Um, you can follow RDT. Well, okay, so you can follow RDT or you can block RDT. Um, it sounds like um, no, we don't want blocks. You can follow and mute me. Mute, mute. Again, Excuse I'm a volume me. tweeter. Mute. You it are. Might be, it might be more volume too as we start to maybe. Get a little bit more experimentational with uh, with how we tweet and uh, where we are when we tweet. Is is that breaking news on that front? Can we talk about that? Or I'm still looking for a burner. <laughs> I still got to find something to test this out. If anyone has a burner account that they don't want to use, DM me with the, the the username and password, and we're gonna we're gonna see if we can take this bad boy off the iPad and uh, and and break out from here. Yeah, he's he's a grown man walking around uh, tweeting from an iPad uh, for the last several the years. The iPad thing is one of the most ridiculous things about you. And what's, Listen, what's, saved, I, I have a, what's honestly saved you lately, and I know Elon has done some weird stuff with Twitter. What's one of the things that saved you is they took away the like seeing where the really? where you tweet from. You can no longer oh, see that on Twitter. So now thank no God. one knows. No one no one knows you're on your iPad, despite the fact that you continue to be on your iPad. In one of the more ridiculous situations. Um, Listen, if, if Twitter wasn't so soft, then I wouldn't have to. But again, I did talk I have a friend who works at Twitter. And I said, I, I told, I laid it out for him. Said, "Will I get banned?" And they said, "No." So I just want to try it on some. I, I'm going to try some burners again. If you have a burner account that you don't use, I'm being 100 percent serious. DM me, and and we will figure it out. And and I will if I can use it on my phone, and then we will, we will just unleash the, uh, unleash hell on on Orioles Twitter. Um, but yeah, you can follow RDT at e d i t t i 22. Where and when he's tweeting. It remains to be seen. You can follow Jake Luke at Jake Luke. It's like Thanos getting Hell. like the last, like the <laughs> last. yeah, the last Infinity Stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen the movie. Please don't spoil it. I haven't either. I just, I you know, you're just you're you're reaching your final form if you can actually tweet in public again without an iPad. I've seen them all. You're like you're to do a Dragon Ball Z. You're like you're like Frieza, like evolving through all of the to just go back to another. Uh, no, you got nothing on that RDT? I got is there Dragon Ball Z. No. Okay. Follow Jake at Jake Luke. You can follow me at Taylor Smite 10. You can follow the podcast at X52 Podcast um, on all of the different social media platforms. Um, appreciate you, fellas. We're excited for the Oreo season. And we'll see you next time on the Exit 52 Podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs> Boy, what is it you want to do when you grow up?